From the Terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Very good afternoon. Welcome to From the Terraces. It's Daniel Baker in for Tim Armitage on this Christmas Eve, Sunday the 24th of December. I've got a very full studio today. I've got Billy with me. Hi, Billy. Hello. And Laurie. Hello, Daniel. Get your thoughts on the footballing action that's happening this weekend. So... Cambridge United uh, did very, very well, in fact. Another great result under Neil Harris. They got a 2-0 win on Friday night against Exeter. We're getting the thoughts of Matt Lockwood and the boys in the studio, of course, about that. And a clean sweep for all our teams as well. Cambridge City doing really, really well as well. They got a 1-0 win yesterday. Uh, perhaps it was done the hard way, but it's a bit of pre-Christmas cheer anyway after that run of six straight defeats. Pretty ghastly run of form that they've been in. And then, of course, you've got Histon. 3-1 victory over Newport Pagnell. For them, very, very good results indeed. No women's games, but we'll be getting the thoughts of Darren Mardrum and Paul Burling, who uh, will be sharing their thoughts going into the... Well, they've had quite a long Christmas break. They've had about a month off, haven't they, or something like that. So getting their thoughts with the new year on the horizon. I was trying to think how to word it. We'll go with new year on the road. That sounds about right. Plenty to digest, I'm sure, so far from this season. United, of course, have already surpassed their points tally from last season. That's something to... Uh, to note um, and we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to get involved in today's show you can it's 07919 070490 or you can email studio at cambridge105.co.uk Cambridge 105 Radio across the city and South Cambridgeshire and it's from the terraces with Daniel Baker in for Tim Armitage and this is my penultimate cover show I'm back on New Year's Eve for the last one in the run he's in Australia still Christmas in the sun is what he's got this year lucky him lucky him indeed I was say we've, we've got uh, Rain, light drizzle, <laughs> if we're lucky. <laughs> if we... But he's still been following the games from afar anyway. His dedication cannot be faulted. So we are going to start, of course, where we usually do, and that is Cambridge United. As we're saying at the top of the show, Cambridge United beat Exeter City by two goals to nil on Friday night. We should have Matt Lockwood on the line. Matt, are you there? Hi, Dan. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. And yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you. Good. I bet you're riding on the crest of a wave after uh, that result. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was um, It was a really good result Friday night um, against a team that, you know, are struggling 13 games uh, without a win now. And um, it was one of those games uh, where... You know, United really probably expected to pick up three points, uh, you know, very unheard of in, in the league in previous seasons. But, you know, it, it was a well-deserved uh, three points in the end and, and a good 2-0 win and, and a really good start to, you know, the first three games with Neil Harris in charge. Absolutely. So, Billy, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. You've obviously you've you've been watching Cambridge since you were you were five, so you've obviously you've seen you've seen the highs and lows over the years. But that absolutely was a was a great result, wasn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Since Neil Harris has come in, the results have really picked up. You know, that puts us now nine points away from the relegation zone. So everything's looking a lot more healthy than it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and Laurie, of course, um, your thoughts. Uh, yes, well, yeah, uh, the clean sheet was um, yeah important, obviously, to be able to build on f- for the 2-0 win. Um, and as the boys have said, yeah, um, seven out of nine points uh, last three games. Uh, Neil Harris has definitely got the new manager bounce. Um, and let's hope it can conti- continue. Absolutely. So we'll uh, get the thoughts of Neil Harris now. He was having a chat with the media after that uh, Friday night victory. We'll get the thoughts of the boys after this. 
Right, Neil, it wasn't always comfortable this evening, but you'll feel your side fully deserved the three points. Yeah, you're right, comfortable. I thought we controlled the majority of the game. Um, when we pressed high and got after them, we was outstanding. Um, two goals, clean sheet, some really good individual performances. And ultimately, if we come off at four or five nil, no one, no one, you know, no one thinks twice about it. Um, the moments you're talking about not always comfortable was when they had the ball, a lot of possession. But they do that against Bolton, they do it against Peterborough, they've done it against Cholton. You know, we watch their games, you know, they have over 50% possession against teams. They get so many players behind the ball, and when you step and press, they play through you. Um, we decided when we could press we will to regain if we couldn't we'd sit in a mid block and let them make mistakes um, and I thought the attitude and desire for the players to learn and um, you know, listen to messages um, was outstanding and we got our rewards Some super football in the first half you get the goal you go in up the interval one nil up perhaps should have been more yeah I thought so yeah I thought just we got in some really good areas um, I thought just a, a, a little bit more maybe front foot in the penalty area um, you know, just maybe a little bit more anticipation um, rather than reaction um, then we, we would have got a couple more second half I think 15-20 minutes of the second half they, they couldn't live with us and um, you know, I think that was the disappointment is that we didn't get that second goal early I think if we got a second early in the second half we would have gone 3-4-5 and five, you know, the way we played tonight um, but again you know to then have to step back and they control possession for 10-15 minutes but I never felt in danger I never felt like they were going to they were going to really hurt us um, so you know credit to the players just just the ability to take on information that's three three different shapes we played against in two weeks in my first two weeks in charge to coach three shapes and now we're going to press and now we're going to build play um, I do it in different ways and for the players to take on the info they've had to be really patient <laughs> really disciplined and I, I can't praise the players highly enough they deserve that tonight and obviously reacting well to the message you are trying to get across Cassandra had me we talked about quite a lot over the last few weeks but he continues to score goals that's six in six now what difference does it make having a, a striker in that kind of form well it's huge just the confidence of the penalties Gassan wasn't going to play tonight you know he's been struggling um, so look it's just his attitude got him out there his determination and desire um, to want to play to want to play for me you know as my number nine um, the fact he's in such a good vein of form um, maybe should have took him off slightly earlier um, but you know he's just an important he's such an important player for us and him in Kachunga uh, you know as Elias his qualities and his, his you know his running ability and his composure and his leadership skills it just make him a really good pairing loath to take him off the pitch um, so I'm, I'm pleased we got we, we got um, Gassan off I'm pleased for him to be on the score sheet 6-6 six six is important that feeds his confidence but Elias as well you know to, to get another tap in the six yard box you know that's where I want him I, I, want, I want him higher up the pitch um, you know his work rate and his, his quality is never going to be in question what's been questioned against him before is his goal product and I've said to him no, I want him to be a, I want him to be a nine and a half if not a nine I want him, want him to be brave I want him against goal scoring positions that's why he played in the Premier League because he can do that yeah, there was a, a, a spell prior to that second goal where you're under a lot of pressure, but your side cope with it well, you feel? Um, I didn't feel under pressure. I thought they had a lot of possession in the mid-third. I, I don't think... And I think they got into a penalty area a couple of times. I, I never felt under pressure. Um, I don't think they, they, they didn't pin us in. They didn't create chances. Um, they had a lot of ball without really going anywhere. Um, so, you know, I was confident in the lads in the shape. Um, it's just that I made the changes just because... I just thought when we come out the mid-block, we need to fresh impetus 
fresh legs uh, maybe just change it slightly and look Jack Lancaster's been outstanding for a couple of weeks in training he's made an impact uh, Cholton didn't get on last week and he was hugely disappointed and I was disappointed I didn't get him on the pitch he's been that good for a couple of weeks and he comes on today and shows his quality you know that's that's what we need that's all three games subs have made a huge impact yeah, I was going to mention Jack coming off you mentioned him last week in terms of the fact that he's trained very well and didn't get his opportunity last week but how, how important is it to have those players coming off the bench, making a contribution and, and adding the competition for everyone else that's out there? Oh, it's, it's huge. I've, I've had to leave Zeno out tonight because um, Ryan Bennett's back fit. You know, I've had to leave um, Seiko out, Jana, um, because you know, just, just felt I wanted to go something slightly different. You know, Glenn, Glenn McConnell's a very different player to Seiko, and just I felt that if we needed to go late in the game, it might. You know, there won't be a lot of space to counter into. So, you know, we'd go with Glenn's sort of like cleverness. So, you know, having to leave players, that's difficult, but it's a good position to be in because you're making tough decisions for the right reasons. Um, I thought Ryan Bennett came on and, you know, helped us with his experience, see the game out and just leadership qualities. Jack's come on and made made an impact. Um, Adam May come on was outstanding again. You know, there's three games. I know he only come briefly at Champions, come on all three games. It just shows that even if they're not in the starting 11, the fact that, you know, we're a team, we're together, this is what Cambridge Night stands for. You know, I thought the fans tonight were outstanding. You know, they come, they come for Christmas spirit to get behind the lads. We gave them a lot to cheer. And when when we were had to be patient, when we did have to be patient and we had to sit in the mid-block, I think they understand. You know, we're Cambridge Night, we can't we can't get after the ball all the time, you know, we, we know where we're at. But just to pick up seven points in three games, to see the lads play for the shirt like they are, you know, you, you, it's a proud, it's a proud place for us at the moment. And a clean sheet tonight as well. First with you in charge, Neil. How pleased are you with that? Yeah, delighted. Delighted with the two goals again. Delighted scoring the first half again. So again, till Saturday had been a while. Um, the fact we've created so many chances. The fact that the wide players are you know, being productive and creating chances is key. And to get the clean sheet, I'm pleased for Jack. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased for... I'm, I'm pleased for the team, pleased for the, pleased for Michael Morrison, you know, as a skipper. Um, he's prided himself over his career on winning games of football but keeping clean sheets. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, del- I'm delighted with all aspects of the game. And league table now looks a little bit more comfortable. You're up to 13th place. Of course, there's games taking place tomorrow. But form here at the Abbey is now six wins and a draw in eight here. That's really key. He is, yeah. Yeah, and that's what he before I've come in as well, you know, which, which is credit to credit to the group, um, you know, over a period of time, it's making sure our last away performance at Cholton was a, a really solid point where we deserved three. I know we scored two late ones, but we you know we were better than Cholton, and we've got two tough away games now, and we can we can take pats on the back for the first two weeks. We can take pats on the back for the last two home games, um, and rightly so. But it's now making sure that you know we build on this. You know, we build on this. We don't get carried away. No one will get carried away in that change room at the training ground tomorrow morning. We know where we're at. We know what we're good at and how we can improve. Um, but what we've got now, we can go to Oxford as a football club, as a group of players, as a staff, as a fan base, as a board of directors, and enjoy going to Oxford. You know, playing against two really good sides in Oxford and Stevenage. Neil Harris there sharing his thoughts. Of course, it's seven points from a possible nine. A great way to start the new era at Cambridge United. We should still have Matt on the line. Hi, Matt. Yeah, hot still here, Dan. Brilliant, good to hear. So, Harris again, really full of praise for his players. One of the things that we noticed really in the post-match, he was talking about how they could have won by more. Is that a view that you would share share about on that? Yeah, particularly in the in the second half, I thought there was a there was a good twenty minute spell where we were completely on top, absolutely dominant against you know uh, you know Exeter are are a good side. They do move the ball well, as he said. You know they do press. 
Um, they did have a couple of chances as well, but um, you know they were they were very limited in, in in terms of their attacking threat. But the important thing is is when you have those twenty minute spells in games, um, especially in the second half, and you're forcing you know chance after chance and corner after corner. Yeah, you have to capitalise on it. Um, you know, it was the same at, at Charlton in the first half where, you know, yes, we came back and got a point, but we were really good in the first half with nothing to show for it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's those types of moments where the game runs away from you sometimes. So, you know, we were fortunate Friday, but we weren't the better team. You know, we, we, we were the better team for 60 out of the out of the 90 minutes. But, you know, we have to be more clinical. Obviously, you know, tiredness and some of the, the players have run themselves ragged over the, the past three games that we have played, you know, against good teams as well. So, um, you know, options are, are a bit limited in, in the attacking front with just Gassan up top. Um, but, yeah, it's something to work on. But seven points out of nine is, is, is a really good return. And as he says, you know, Oxford coming up on Boxing Day, you know, we're an excellent side. We're not expected to, to get anything there. Um, and the pressure's off. But, you, you, you know, when we have those moments in games, we've got to make it count. And that, that'll be something I'm sure Neil will work on in training this week. Definitely. The, the interesting thing is, is is attacking options. is something that's been talked about. Obviously, you've got Gasson Hadme, who's been prolific at the moment. Six from six, top goal scorer by you know a country mile. And then you've got Elias Kachunga. This is a bit of an interesting dilemma because there's a feeling that is his best position behind the main striker? Is he or, or is he a striker? What, what what are your thoughts on that, Matt? Yeah, I think where he's playing now is is his perfect position. I think you know it's where he he does have an input. Um, you know, I said on last week's show he he's just as good as holding the ball up as what Gassan is, and um, you know the the goals that he scored recently, as you said, you know six yard box, the goalkeeper spills it, and he's the one following in and tapping it up, and that's that's where you want him to be. You know, he's a good a good foil for for Gassan. He works off him. He finds little pockets of space to bring other players in as well. And, um, you know, again, he's another player that we have to try and keep fit as much as we can because he is starting to offer a, a goal threat, especially with Fajiri locking the BRA out for, for a little while, who was, the, you know, the only person at the time scoring goals, but, you know, previously. So, um, but it's always good to have those options, you know, and having two players starting to find the net more regularly is something that Neil will want. So, and, you know, they're, they're building up a good partnership, but, you know, he's another one that's got to be managed like Gassan and, uh, you know, like Sully Kai Kai and like James Brophy as well. You know, he, he just keeps going. It's like the Duracell bunny just keeps going and never seems to stop. <laughs> so, um, but it'll be interesting to see what he does over the Christmas period. You know, with two games against two very tough sides, will we'll, there'll be a game where he'll make a quite a few changes and use the squad depth that he's got available. Other battery makes are available, but uh, that, that's, I know exactly what you meant, mate. It's fine, don't worry. Uh, yeah. So the, the other thing as well is that you know we've got this. We've got a, we had a penalty in the game as well. Um, ne- inevitably, the opposition always protests when a penalty is given. But what was your take, Matt? Um, it was really tough to see, and I, I've looked back on the on on the replays as well. And I, I mean, I couldn't see a lot, but. You know, one of the things that you know that comes from it is when you're attacking more, and you know you're getting your shots away, and you're getting into these good positions, you do start getting more and more penalties. Um, you know, the, the lads just in the studio might be out quite, but I'm sure it's sort of three out of four, maybe four out of four in terms of having penalties now, which is something that we we haven't had. Uh, 
you know, for a long, long time. I, I can't remember us getting so many, you know, penalties in all my consecutive games. So, you know, that it's what happens. You know, you force you force the pressure, you force the issue on these teams, and and they will make mistakes. And you know, even you know when Exeter had the ball, when we just gave them, you know, put pressure on them, they did make mistakes. You know, not just for a penalty, but you know, kicking the ball out of play. You know when they shouldn't have done. You know, giving the ball away easily. So it's good to see, and you know they've got to keep doing it, and 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 that's the key thing. Is at the moment while we are playing a little bit more on the front foot, you know we're finally getting our rewards for you know for decisions that we probably wouldn't have got you know a couple of months ago. Yes, but being bolder perhaps as well. Um, Billy, obviously, again a, a used fan, just just uh, just like Matt, of course. Um, it's, it's an interesting. What what do you think's actually changed? Because actually, they seem to be playing with that. Is it is it classic new manager bounce that's feeding a lot of this, or is 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 there more to it than that? I mean, part of it will be a sort of new manager bounce, but I think you know it's also very deliberate on behalf of the management. So they are creating that bounce. You know, I, when I was speaking to Jordan Cousins uh, last week, he was saying that the manager has been saying to them, you know, to entertain the fans, they want to be putting balls into the box. You know, they want to just they want to see goal goal mouth action. They want to see shots and. You know, as Matt just said there, it's exactly right. It's creating that extra luck for ourselves and giving ourselves an extra chance that, you know, maybe, yeah, as has been said, we wouldn't have had a few weeks ago. Yeah, and some interesting games coming up, of course. Oxford on Boxing Day, the kind of uh, varsity match, if we can call it that. <laughs> it's, it's not a derby. <laughs> it's not, no, it's it's actually no, not, because no. if anybody that looked at, looked at the map of England will tell you that actually they're not that close. It's just they are the closest, I think, for convenience. It's this, yes. it's this Boxing Day thing, isn't it? You try and put the fixtures geographically close together and Stevenage are an interesting one because they, they obviously started the season quite well um, themselves actually sort of a team that uh, have overachieved really for, for long parts of the season Exeter though a very interesting case that 13 games without a win for them they were flying very high and they've kind of just plummeted right back down again um, so Matt going to get your thoughts on this really two games coming up Oxford of course and Stevenage um, what are your hopes from those what, what would you take um, right now in terms of the number of points from those games I think if if we get two points out of both games, you know, a point each, uh, I'll be very, very happy. Um, Oxford's not a particularly good hunting ground for us. I can't even remember the last time we we won there. Um, you know, it was so long ago. Um, you know, and they're a, they're a good side. They're a tough side. Uh, I know they lost uh, yesterday against Northampton, but you know we, we obviously suffered that defeat as well there. And you know they're they're a good pressing side, they're a good passing side. Um, you know I think the last thing they played at home was Burton, and you know Oxford absolutely you know were piling on the pressure on them from the word go. So you know we're going to have to be defensively solid there. And as I say, you know when we do take our get our chances, we're going to have to take them because we will get one in the game. And as for Stevenage, uh, you know, we, we know exactly what Stevenage is about. They're, you know, Steve M's side, they're horrible, they're physical, they get the ball forward quickly, you know, there'll be tactical fouls, you'll be putting pressure on us from the word go. And, um, you know, it's going to be a different type of game to what we've played recently. You know, we're going to have to stand up to that physical aspect. We're going to have to work a lot, lot harder there than what we have done before. And, while they're not particularly getting, you know, uh, you know, they're still up there high in the league, but they've had a bit of a wobble recently, and you know, we'll be have a little bit of a chance. You know, the away end's going to be sold out, and um, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a horrible one, but 
Oh, all eyes goes on to that New Year's Day game, really. And if we get three points home against Leighton Orient, I think you know a lot of people will be just happy with the three. If we can't get anything from the next two, yeah. Well, it's all about sort of trying to pick your battles, I suppose, isn't it? Really, to a certain extent with the league, but anybody can beat anyone, as we've seen so far this season. And obviously, Matt, you're someone that spends a lot of time in the. Well, it depends where you are. Whether it's the home end, if it's at the Abbey, and away, if it's on, if it's on the road. A couple of weeks ago when we were here, we talked about the Charlton game and what the atmosphere was like in the among the Cambridge fans. Um, I'm guessing they're still very happy and optimistic and they might have invented the chance about Neil Harris by now, you'd have hoped. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. There's, there's a few chants about Neil Harris already, as you can expect. You know, one thing that we have with our club is, you know, they're always supportive of, of most managers. There's been one or two in history that we haven't been so supportive of, but that's their own fault for boring us to death half the time. <laughs> but, um, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, what he's doing is he's playing the brand of football that we want to see. You know, we know we're not going to win every game in this league. Um, you know, there's some bigger and better teams in this league. But, you know, if, if the players give 100% like they have done over the past three games... And, um, you know, it's a shame they didn't, you know, give this, this type of attitude and, you know, hard work in uh, towards the end of Mark's tenure, who, you know, as I say, I think he was a little bit let down by some of the players. But it happens in football. It's, it's part and parcel of it. But they're, they're showing a desire and a work rate for now. And, and it's got to keep going all the way through to the end of the season. And, and the fans will, will be, you know, they play like that almost every single week and they still lose 1-0, 2-0. But they've given it a go. You know, the fans will always walk away mainly happy, you know, as I say, we can't win every game and we won't win every game, but it's down to the players. But, you know, as I say, right now we're in the new manager bubble, long may it continue and may it roll on until, you know, towards the end of the season and let's get safety secured as quickly as possible and, you know, we can have a look towards then you know, hopefully mid-table finish, potentially. Yeah, and that's what we're on for at the moment. Nine points uh, clear of the drop zone and a, a better goal difference than a lot of the teams down there as well. So, uh, Billy, if you were Neil Harris, would you take that going into Christmas, knowing that you were nine points clear of the drop zone, better goal difference than others, and, you know, and sort of thinking to yourself, actually, we don't want to get carried away, but we're we're solid. Things are things are all right. Things could be worse. Yeah, it's, it's a great foundation to, to build off. But I, I do think that he would still be looking at where we can improve. Um, I think particularly we do want to score more goals. If we score more goals, we'll win more games and we'll be able to turn some of these closer results. Like, you know, earlier in the uh, season, we had a very, very narrow loss to Stevenage. You know, we lost to Leighton Orient as well. And so... You know, going forward, these are the games that we're going to want to be picking up three points in. Absolutely. Uh, so, Matt, again, when I was here two weeks ago, I put you on the spot slot and asked you who your player of the match was. I'm going to ask you that question again. Who stood out for you and why? Oh, that's a tough one this time. I, I think I, this time I'm going to go for Liam Bennett. But, you know, I, I think there were, you know, a few others. There. Danny Andrew had a very good first half again. Um, you know, James Brophy was good. Jordan Cousins, I think, has been excellent, um, but you know he's got he's got to be managed because he's an injury wait to happen. But I think, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I think Liam Bennett looks like he's come back to a bit of form recently, and um, I thought he was absolutely outstanding Friday night. And you know, as I say, let's hope he keep he keeps doing it, and uh, we don't get too many bids in January for him because I'm sure the scouts will be watching him again with the, with the way he's been playing recently. Okay, and Billy. Well, I just wanted to say that I wanted to shout out Jack Stevens as well. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, I think there was some concerns uh, when you know Dimmy left. 
you know, were we going to have a keeper who's going to come in and hit the ground running? And I think that particularly in the last few games, he's made some absolutely brilliant saves, which at crucial times, which, you know, has contributed towards us getting those results. So, so, so a lot of uh, real positives there going into the Christmas break, and some tough games, of course, to come up as well. So, I, I'm trying to work out how many miles it's to walk. So it's a good, it's a good 300 or so, isn't it? Really, so, something like that. I don't know if anyone can, can shed any light on that. Have a Neither have I. There used to be a, a bus that went direct suit to Oxford from Cambridge, but I think they got rid of it. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Well, Matt, thank you very much indeed for your time. As always, an input. Have a very good Christmas, by the way, and uh, we'll hopefully speak to you on New Year's Eve. All being well. Absolutely. Take care. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Christmas, Matt. Matt Lockwood there with his thoughts on Cambridge United, of course, uh, extending that uh, and beaten running all competitions to four. We, we shouldn't forget the FA Cup game against Fleetwood uh, to make it a four uh, game unbeaten running all competitions. They play Blackburn Rovers in the new year at Ewood Park. Perhaps not the tie that you'd want. If you, if you were a lower league team and you got a championship team away, would you feel a bit disappointed perhaps? Well, yeah, you're always um, uh, going to be disappointed. With a third-round draw, uh, as, a, as a lower league team, you're always going to be slightly disappointed that you don't get one of the big boys. But, I mean, the trip to Ewood Park, that's a, um, personally, um, uh, I think they're quite classic, uh, decent, big team. So I think for, for Cambridge, uh, yeah, to go somewhere like that, yeah, I, I, th- I think they'd be relatively happy. And uh, it, it, uh, getting a championship team, it then gives you a, a not, not necessarily big, but an opportunity. Um, to, to make um, next round who knows it's a one-off game cup games are always one-off games so you, you, you never know what, what can happen so no I, I think it's a decent time personally yeah. yeah, I mean, to be honest, as long as we win, I don't care who we're playing against. So. <laughs> you have to point to Newcastle uh, t- two years ago, of exactly. course. In case you can hear bells, by the way, I'm wearing a Christmas jumper that's got little jingly bells on it, so that's that's why you can hear the slight jingle there. Um, but uh, yes, Cambridge 105 Radio, across the city in South Cambridge, you're listening to From the Terraces with Daniel Baker sitting in for Tim Armitage. I've got Billy and Laurie in the studio with me. Plenty more to come. We'll be chatting to uh, Darren Marjoram and Paul Byrne, getting their thoughts about uh, Cambridge United and Cambridge City's women's season so far. We'll talk to Chris Nunn as well about Histon's result. They're back to winning ways with a 3-1 win over Newport Pagnell. But our next stop is Westwood Road and Cambridge City. Well, big news on and off the field for Cambridge City this week. Uh, the board did put a statement out actually as well saying that while they understand the frustrations of the fans uh, and how, what's been going on with the six straight defeats, that you know they are working on it. They're trying to uh, put things right. Um, this came after the 7-0 defeat against Harbour. Laurie, you were there. What did you make of it? I was, yes. It was uh, It was an entertaining game to start with, uh, I'll give you that. But um, yes, it was um, yeah, disappointment uh, uh, ultimately overall. Um, a competitive start really um, at the start of the match. The first five five minutes, there wasn't much in it really. Um, yeah, very competitive. The first goal coming in the 10th minute. Um, a second spectacular goal was added in the 34th. Um, minute and uh, five minutes later things went from bad to worse for City when Scott Bridges was sent off for a bad challenge on the halfway line um, and then Harbour Town added a, a third just before half time um, the second half started brightly um, uh, for Cambridge City surprisingly even though they uh, were 10 man um, against 11 uh, showing pride uh, yeah looked good um, most likely to score I'd, I'd say within the first um, 10 minutes um, they had a waved away penalty at appeal um, and a 
obvious shot on target that was destined to go in if it wasn't uh, for deflection from the def- defender. But um, resistance only lasted until the 76th minute uh, when a fourth goal was added. Um, and then, yeah, um, the continued domination from Harborough saw a fifth, sixth and seventh go in, um, demonstrating the golfing class between the two teams. Um, but, yeah, um, it, the, the, it was, like I say, disappointing. Um, the... The target man uh, up top didn't, uh, I mean, have very little to work with to start with, but didn't have much, um, didn't really hold hold up the ball well enough, in my opinion, whenever the ball did go up to him. And um, once you're um, at a point where you're 10 man against 11 and 3 0 down, surely there needs to be a point where you think, right, okay, we need to uh, stem the flow of goals, we need to sit in. Um, but there didn't seem a change in tactics at all. It was still, right, we're going to play out um, anyway. Um, and, yeah, obviously, unfortunately, um, paid the price of, of that. It's, t- it's tough. It's a tough result to take. But, uh, you know, I mean, getting the re- 1-0 result yesterday is the best way that you can bounce back, you know, after having a loss like that. It, it's all well and good having uh, having your principles, as you mentioned, Laurie, playing out from the back. But ultimately... They need to get results and, you know, a little bit of luck with the known goal yesterday. But as, as I just said, you know, they'll take the result and they'll take anything they can get at the moment. Yeah, interesting that we talk about those bits of luck. You know, sometimes you, you just need them, really, when you're having those times six defeats in a row. I mean, it's pretty bruising, really. Robbie Nightingale will have been having sleepless nights about it, no doubt. But he's been working hard. No one's going to dispute that, that he's worked really hard to try and turn things around. And, you know, I'm sure he understands the, the frustrations of the fans. I mean... Uh, looking through the statement, you know, there are things that were said that, you know, the board have asked me to put together a competitive team. Mid-table, very much the target. I think it's very important to point out that people are not expecting more than that because we've obviously got the source to move on the horizon. That should be next year now. It's been pushed back a bit and back a bit. But we're, we reckon next year they'll move away from Westwood Road, go to Sawston. Then they accept there's obviously a level of underachievement um, with this. Uh, unfortunate results, injuries, challenging the squad depth, things are all genuine. Um, as is the kind of discontent on social media, people saying they, do, they don't belong at step four and, and all this sort of stuff, really. Um, and this is the thing as well about players. Now, this is something they did address in the statement, is about getting players in, because obviously there's a financial challenge that comes with that. And there's also... It, it's Because there's so many long trips. You know, they're in the Midlands League, so there's all sorts of long trips. It's not really a an easy sell to a lot of players, really. You know, it's, it's like... It's, bearing in mind, if people are fitting around jobs and other life commitments, it's... You can understand the predicaments that these these managers have. Yeah, of, of course. Um, yeah, it, it's not the biggest pull. Um, yeah, in the uh, area. So yeah, that they will find it difficult to recruit. But um, yeah, it, it's it's making the most of of what you've got, isn't it? Ultimately. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. It, it really is. So, but they've said, it, you know, part to, to paraphrase, you know, it's testament to Robin the management team. So they've pulled together a dedicated group that are prepared to put in the commitment and then we ask from them um, and, you know, things like that. They're a talented bunch, you know, thanks for sticking with us, all that sort of stuff, really. So, but, you know, it's it's interesting. Like, even even in these lower divisions, you know, fans can get very restless. Lons Key got sacked at Histon not that long ago. It just goes to show, really, that owners will and chairman will, unfortunately, do things that are, are pretty ruthless, really, perhaps, to, to, to outsiders. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, no, whatever happens, it's like with uh, 
with Cambridge City and, you know, with Histon as well, the fans are still turning up and paying money to watch games no matter what level, you know, no matter what level they're at. So, you know, it's understandable that fans will still have expectations. So there is just one thing I would like to say about uh, City is that they are still not, no, I mean, they're much better off than Rushton and Diamonds at the bottom. of Rushton the, and the rock bottom. <laughs> so it could be a, a lot, lot worse. Um, but if they do start to pick up some results in the next couple of weeks, you know, carrying on the momentum from yesterday, they can get back on the tails of those teams that are just above them. And, they, you know, they're still not cut adrift at the bottom of the table. Yeah, and and this um, this time of year, with games coming thick and fast. If you yeah, if you can pick up points here and there, then it either shoots you up the league, and like you say, you catch that those um, right above you, or yeah, can, can go completely the opposite way. But um, yeah, fingers crossed, um, points can be picked up uh, along the way, and um, yeah, help that push for mid table. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You know, the, 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 the expectations have been very much managed there, really, with City. So, it's uh, yeah. From from that point of view, though, we go back to yesterday's game. Gresley Rovers one nil away from home. We, 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 you know, it's a classic thing. An own goal quite late in the game, much needed, and you need that bit of luck, as you, we say. Yeah, you, you do definitely. Um, and uh, as Matt said, with um, United uh, uh, getting penalties, you know, you make your own luck, and. Um, yeah, without the the VAR that messes up a lot of the uh, top league, um, yeah, you get um, you get momentum uh, and you get decisions go your way while you're on a on a roll on a bounce sort of thing. So let's hope that this is the slice of luck that um, yeah Cambridge City need and can like, uh, yeah m- uh, maintain and, and benefit from going forward. And what you know, whilst they'll be happy to get the result there. You know, you don't really want to be relying on the opposition getting the goals for you. So I think the thing that really that City will need to improve if they are to start picking up some results is actually just creating chances, giving their strikers a chance to actually put the ball in the net. Yeah, but uh, yeah, as we know, um, those goal scorers—they're they're like gold dust, aren't they? They're, they're, if yeah. you if you can find a consistent goal scorer, yeah, Dan Cotton was the one last season. He was the one that really sort of made sure that they uh, they they stayed up. Basically, yes. they were comfortable in there. They were safe long before you know the end of last season, really. But Dan Cotton made a big difference. He was on the bench yesterday. Um, so, but it's from what you said as well about the seven nil. Even though the scoreline was not very flattering towards City, there was there were some green shoots as there, they say. There were, uh, and yeah, personally, I thought Jake Battersby, the left back, um, yeah, he was a real highlight. Um, it, even though yeah, um, th- that game didn't go their way, he was still causing problems going forward. Um, he was trying to make things happen. He was yeah perusing down the left um, and yeah taking people on, and yeah, so so there are highlights even in the the darkest uh yeah results uh, like that so yeah fingers crossed that the players like Jake can um can yeah spur spur them on yeah absolutely Billy yeah no i mean just all, all the best to city you know it's not easy being down there and you know i mean historically i i you know we have I'm not too aware of people saying that they don't belong at step four. I think Cambridge City are a club that deserve to actually be higher up in the pyramid. But you, you have to earn that success, and you know yeah. I think they'll just be looking to get through this season. Yeah, mid table is fine for them. You know, but they're yeah. just too close for comfort really at the moment. So some interesting games coming up for them. They've got Corby Town 
uh, on the, the day after Boxing Day, the 27th. Um, that's a, a 7.45 kickoff at Westwood Road. And Spalding United on New Year's Day as well. They're the, geographically the closest teams to them. This is a running thing we have, don't we, about what's nearest. So Corby's Northamptonshire and Spalding is Lincolnshire. Uh, but I think it is one train journey to Spalding at least. So uh, <laughs> I think it's only one train uh, to Spalding. Uh, Corby a bit trickier to get to. Um but uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's where we are with City. Anyway, back to winning ways. Bit of a bit of more breathing space, and of course, we had a clean sweep yesterday, if we can call it that, with all our teams winning. Uh, Histon got a three-one win away at Newport Pagnell. We'll be talking about that very shortly, indeed. If you want to get involved in today's show, it's oh seven nine one nine oh seven oh four nine oh, or you can email studio at cambridge one oh five dot co dot uk. Cambridge one oh five radio across the city and South Cambridgeshire. <laughs> When we come back, uh, we'll be talking uh, all things history. Out in the country, far from all the subtle noise of the city, there's a village green. It's been a long time since I last set eyes on the church. So an emphatic result for Histon, a 3-1 win away at uh, Newport Pagnell. The Stutes got back to winning ways with a 3-1 away win. Ed Rolfs brace put Histon 2-0 up. Kyle O'Keefe did make things interesting by pulling one back for the host, but Danny Gold made absolutely sure of the points with a late penalty for a great win. Something that was trending on X yesterday, or formerly or Twitter as it used to be known as, was hashtag having fun with Chris Nunn. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I have to be honest. Yeah, it, it's it needs work, that doesn't it? Yeah, really? So, yeah. but uh, yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure he'll be flattered all the same. That's that's maybe maybe one to put to him next time you chat to him. Really. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll see what he thinks about yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, as long as they're getting the wins, they'll be they'll be happy though. To yeah. be fair, so if yeah, long may uh, having fun with Chris Nunn continue. Well, he certainly was having fun. You were having a chat with him, Billy, uh, before today's show. Let's uh, hear the thoughts of Chris Nunn, who was chatting to you just a short time ago. So, Chris, great result for you yesterday. Did you feel like a result like that had been coming? Yeah, I feel like we've played a lot of the top teams now, and I think we've been unfortunate in some of the games not to pick up uh, victories. And yesterday was just—it was just a good day for us. You know, we set up right. The boys worked their absolute socks off, and I felt it was fully deserved, which is something that's a bonus as well. You know, it's, it's all right beating a team up near the top, but deserve it and be the better side is another thing as well so um and i didn't want any hard luck stories you know we've done this we've done that um so for me it was yeah a big big performance and a really important win tactically did you try anything different yesterday that you maybe haven't tried in previous games not really we were trying to sort of press we're trying to put teams under pressure we're trying to make life difficult for for teams and i think all it is is i think the longer we go through the season i think we'll get better uh, we're still a long way off from being the finished article, but I just feel there's, there is a togetherness in the camp and, you know, we, we're enjoying ourselves and, and, and they're the important things in football at any level. You know, if, if you're buying into what you're doing and you're enjoying it, then I think you're always going to perform better. Uh, and that's where the lads are at the moment. Newport are a team that have had some success recently. So how much, uh, you touched on it earlier, but how much will that build confidence in your players going into, you know, the rest of the Christmas break. Yeah, I mean, look, we went into the game knowing that they're, they're the only team with a 100% home record yesterday. So we wanted to start on the front foot. And when you go somewhere like we did yesterday, get a result, and deservedly so, absolutely deservedly so, we now have to be 
careful that we don't get overconfident. I, I like there to be some sort of arrogance within the camp, um, a real sort of confidence, but not cocky, if that makes sense. I don't want us to think now we've got God Manchester on Monday, we've only got to turn up because that will not be the case. Um, they didn't play on Saturday, so they'll be really up for it on uh, Tuesday. So we've got to make sure now we've got to be relentless. So every game we go into, we've got to put in the performance and the work rate that we did yesterday at, at Newport. Did any individual performances stand out for you? No, because you got three goals. So presumably there was a lot of good performances in there yesterday. Yeah, I, I mean, look, before the game, I said when we played rugby last week, there were a few fives and sixes. I said, if we're going to get a result here today, we've got to be sevens and eights minimum. And, and I think mm. everyone was. And it's hard for me to pinpoint any individuals because everyone worked so hard and everyone done so well. But if I had to pick one, it'd just be Ed Rolf. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's come back out of all last year. And yesterday, he was a real handful. He got a couple of goals. And his all-round play was outstanding yesterday. Um, so that, that was a real big plus for us. Uh, but overall, it was just the, the team performance was outstanding. So now looking ahead to Godmanchester, um, you know, over the Christmas break, like how do you prepare for a game, you know, that coming so soon after Christmas? Yeah, you've just got to put trust in your players to do the right thing. You know, that's all you can do. Um, I've always said I can't control what you do away from football. The only thing that I control is whether or not you play at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon um, or one o'clock on Boxing Day. Um, yeah. So, you know, boys got to look after themselves. And, and it's important that they do, you know, because... You know, it, it, it's you know people are paying to watch you play on on Tuesday, so we want to put up a good performance and and the boys look after themselves, do the right things on Christmas Day. We do that, and we've got more chance of coming back again. So, you know, it's, it's all a process, but it's it's something that the boys have got to buy into. They've got to want, and if they want to progress in their own career in football and go up the ladder, they've got to get used to playing on Boxing Day and New Year's Day. You know, they're the things that come with non-league football. Mm. So. Yeah, I'm sure they'll do the right thing and, and you know, hopefully we'll be uh, ready to go again on Tuesday. No Christmas Day training sessions then? No, we might do a Zoom call. We might do a Zoom call with the cheers, but that'll be on sparkling lemonade, I hope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you're confident that you can get three points uh, against Goldman Chester then? Well, you know, one, we've got a, we've got a lot of bruised players and, and, and things from yesterday. So we'll see where we are player-wise. But I'm going to be confident in every game we go into because I believe we were a good side. Um, do I think it's going to be easy? No. Do I think it's going to be a really tough game? It's a local derby? Yeah, that's what it's going to be. No matter what league you're going in the world, at any level, any local derby, the form book goes out the window, league tables go out the window. So we know that what we've got to do is make sure that we prepare ourselves properly, work our socks off again. And, and if they beat us, they beat us. But I don't want it to be that we've lost through through being outworked. So that, that they're, the, they're the sort of, you know, that's where the line is drawn in the sand. So we can't go below that. And if, if we don't and we lose, so be it. But, but we'll lose working our socks off trying to win the game. Sparkling lemonade is the uh, joy, drink of choice in the Nun household. That's, that's, one, that's one thing we learned, as well as the fact that there were so many positives from yesterday's game as well. So mustn't forget the sparkling lemonade. The, Chris Nunn's favourite uh, tipple, <laughs> if we can call it that. Maybe just before a match day, let's say. Yeah, well, it does get you in the zone. Everyone's got a choice. You know, it was, if we get Ferguson and his, his glass of claret and his bottles, expensive <laughs> bottles of wine, it's uh, sparkling lemonade. Yeah. 
very, very good. Okay, right, we have got time uh, to look at the women's teams. There's no games for them until January now, but we have been getting the thoughts of the two managers. So we'll start with Darren Marjoram, who Billy has been having a chat to as well. They're next in action against Haywards Heath on January the 7th. Here we go. So, Darren, unfortunately, you were defeated last week, 2-1 away at Worthing, uh, or at home, sorry. How did you see the game? Um, so it's kind of a game of two halves, really, I think. You know, we had enough of enough control of the game in the first half to, to deserve a 1-0 lead, where we made a fantastic penalty save to, to keep it 1-0 at half-time. Um, you know, we'd done our homework on their penalty takers and where they might go, and that paid off. Um, yeah, and I, and I felt, you know, at half-time that we, we had things that we needed to improve on. But generally speaking, although they'd had good spells with the ball in terms of possession, they hadn't really massively hurt us. Um so at that point, you know, I was fairly happy, but really unhappy with the second half, if I'm honest. Um, with the Masters of Rome downfall, really, you know, we had a free kick was given against us, uh, edge of the box. It, it, you know, I think I felt the same as the players in that I didn't feel it was a free kick, but ultimately, you know, officials aren't going to change their minds. So what you've got to be doing at that point is being organised and make sure that you don't concede from from what's given. And we and we didn't do that. You know, we... You know, the, the the free kick took a while. It wasn't a quickly taken free kick, but, but at the point the free kick was taken, we were still disorganised and we still had an overload of their players at the back post area. So that was disappointing. You know, and they they scored from that from that situation. Um, Sammy then um, was annoyed about the, the the award of the free kick in the first place and um, ended up being simbin by the referee. So we're down to ten. Um, and then Bella was was the change I was trying to make before the free kick was taken. Anyway, was Bella coming on the pitch for Ella Marden? Um, Ella came off at that point Bella was ready to go on but then just she was going on the uh, the official spotted that she had jewellery on still and then wouldn't allow her on the pitch which they're absolutely right to do so, and that's disappointing for my players because we've spoken before about attention to detail and making sure jewellery is removed for the warm-up um, so we know these things and you know at that point when we was down to nine we conceded a second and that's ultimately what cost us the game so look you know I won't hide from these things I'm really disappointed about them and um, you know players know that these are the moments that can change games and, and you know, slight uh, lack of attention to details of bits like that can cost you. So I was disappointed with that, but I'll be honest, Worthing really dominated the second half despite those those uh, moments costing us ultimately. Um, and we struggled to get any kind of controlled possession in their half in the second half. So, yeah, it was a game of two halves. I was disappointed that we didn't come out with something, although maybe to have won the game might have been a little bit too far-fetched. But I think a draw, ultimately based on the two halves, might have been might have been potentially the result that we would have got. But, you know, this is football and it's now all about that we learn from those situations and get better. Yeah, heading into the game, you felt confident that you could get a result against Worthing. And, you know, for large spells of the game, as you said, in the first half, you actually were able to, you know, make a mark on the game. So, you know, how how does it feel that when, you know, you've had, you've said the circumstances were going against you, but you weren't able to get the result in the end? You know, just how disappointing is that feeling that you could get something from the game? Yeah, a lot. Because, uh, you know, Worthing were a good side. And, and I remember saying this last week, they're a really good attacking side. They've got lots of attacking threat. But the first half, we kept that attacking threat pretty quiet. And, you know, Becky Bath, who's who's one of their best attacking players, had dropped really deep to start trying to see the ball because she wasn't getting any, any success out of our out of our defensive line. So, you know, in that sense, we've done a really good job. And, and I think we, we've spoken about this as a group this week because, you know, three times in the last three games, we've taken the lead. And three times in the last three games, we've lost the game. 
Um, and we have to improve at those those moments. You know, we've we've done well. We've started well in three games consecutively, where we've scored quite early on in the first half. But then we find ourselves almost dropping too deep and inviting pressure in the second half, and we have to be on the front foot. So, um, so you know, these are things we've got to go away and think about, and come up with a plan about how we coach that into the sessions that we do during the week and and get better at it because it is disappointing. You know, we're playing good sides, but we're competing with good sides. MK Don's division above ended up being beaten two one. QPR. Uh, you know they're they're effectively a top three or four side, and you know was leading them and then two by two goals this time, and and ended up losing three two, and then and then this last game, you know, leading Worthing, who are, who are a very good side again, and and end up being defeated. So yeah, it's disappointing, but the positives that we take from it are that we're competing against very good sides. There's not massive margins in there. Sometimes you know QPR, we can see an own goal, which was the first goal they they had. Uh, which got them back into the game against Worthing. We're just disorganised from a from a set piece where we're spending too long thinking about the award of the set piece rather than organising ourselves. So these are all things that could be corrected. So there's plenty of positives in there. And ultimately, if we're going through some pain to get there, but we, we learn from it, then the future looks pretty bright. So as we spoke about last week, you know, as you just said there, you are, you know, competing with these teams towards the top. So will that be the mission now going into next year to make sure that you can turn you know, those close games now into wins. That's exactly it. That's that's exactly where we're at. You know, we've got we've played every team now in the first half of the season. Um the aim is that we've the teams that we've beaten in the first half of the season we we want to beat again. So we do that we want, want to do a double over as many teams as we possibly can. The teams that we drew with, we want to beat. And the narrow the narrow defeats, we want to turn into points. And, th- and that's what we've got to do. That's progression in the second half of the season for us. Um, and that's the task in hand. So we start with Haywood Heath on the first weekend back in, in January. And the task there is to, is, to, is to win. You know, that's what we did in the home game. And that's what we're going to try and replicate away from home. So our away form is pretty decent. Um, you know, we haven't been beaten away from home yet. Three wins and three draws. So hopefully that continues. But yeah, that's exactly the, the, the task for the second half of the season. So now you've got a little bit of a break. Are you hoping that, you know, that will ease your injury list a little bit? Because obviously it's so long. Yeah, definitely. That's that's a, a big thing for us. And spoken to to Charlie, our physio, and she, she looks after the physical performance side of things. And, you know, we've spoken a lot about how we kind of maintain fitness levels through the break. So the, the players will have a program to do that, but also you know we're managing managing the load with some players so they actually you know recover. And then those players that haven't been able to get back out on the grass, we saw on the very last session before Christmas, we saw two players, Sophie and, and Harley Jean, who've been on the treatment table for a while. We're both out on the grass and both doing rehab workout with the rest of the players. So yeah, it's it's really pleasing, and we're hoping we can get some of those back. That'll make a big difference. Mm. You know, effectively, it's like signing new players. So yeah, we're looking forward to that. I think I could do with a fitness plan throughout the break, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> we, can, we can look after you, Billy. We'll make sure we <laughs> um, But just now, you know, you're coming up towards the end of the, uh, the year. You've had your last game for this year. How how have you seen the progression of your side throughout the season? Yeah, it, it, do you know what? We're really pleased with that. And that's one thing we said. It's been disappointing in the last three games, but we don't want to go into the Christmas break just holding on to that disappointment. There's no there's no benefit to that. We have to look at what we've done well and we have to look at the things that we want to do better. Um, mm. So, yeah, for, for the progression for us, I mean, it, it's quite clear, actually. So if you look at Norwich was the very first game we played competitively in, in the cup competition um, and we was beaten 5-0 and it was a very convincing 5-0 as well. You know, and then we turned it around from there and started to turn to, to some results and getting some points in the league. And, you know, now we're we're coming away disappointed when we've been beaten by the likes of MK Dons narrowly. Um, you know, so actually there's 
there's quite a bit of, to be to be uh, pleased about. Our progression has been good both in terms of results and performances. And we're now looking at these small details that can make a difference. And that's that's what we want to do. We can spend Christmas thinking about that and how we best do it and then come back in January and, you know, we'll all be refreshed, hopefully, and uh, we crack on again and, and try to better what we've had as a good first half of the season. Darren Marjoram, Cambridge United Women's Manager, looking back at the last uh, few months of the season so far. Their next in action, of course, on January the 7th. And speaking of teams in action, on January the 7th, the same goes for Cambridge City as well. They take on Actonians on that very day in the new year. Their Christmas break is continuing, but uh, Paul Burling took some time out to have a chat with Billy before the show. Unfortunately, conceded a very, very late equaliser against London Seawood uh, at the weekend. You know, how did you see the game? Were you, were you disappointed, unfortunately, not to get the win in the end? Uh, when you come that close to winning, then you're obviously going to be disappointed. Uh, I think overall, it's a good point. It's another point for us. It's four unbeaten in five. But when you're 45, 50 seconds away from winning a game that you were behind in and you've put so much work in to get back into it, then it, you're going to be frustrated, yeah. I mean, as you just said there, though, you know, you've, you've actually shown a lot of signs of improvement in the past few weeks. You know, what what specifically did you think that your side did differently uh, against London Seawood that they haven't maybe done the rest of this season? Um, errors, minimal, um, minimal individual errors this time round. Um, they showed some heart, some determination. They they um, were on the front foot from the start of the game, and we conceded a sloppy goal. But I think you know we controlled the game for long periods, and we are a very young side. and And wherever we finish in the league, that's got to be remembered. Um, I'm more than confident we've got enough amongst us to to stay in the league, and that's our objective. And it's always been our objective every time we've been in the final leagues. Um, but yeah, they, they showed some desire and some heart that, you know, having gone behind earlier in the season, they might have lost that game. Mm. And you've definitely shown that potential. And, you know, with having such a young squad, do you think that the experiences that you can gain from, you know, just getting results, is that something that you can build on going into the new year? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, we can, you know, really take... take um, good stuff from the last four or five games and we we move forward into the new year on a on a positive note as i said a moment ago four four unbeaten in the last five could easily have been four wins out of four in the last five um i think you know we're everything's positive at the club at the moment we've got players coming back from injury we've added to the squad we do have a young squad but we are showing some heart and some desire and some some fight um as well as the the natural football ability these young girls have. And now that you've had your last game of the year, how how do you see this season having gone up until this point? Yeah, yeah, there was a, a, a poor start and we're playing catch up, but we are catching up. And I think there's two standout teams in the league and the rest, anybody can beat anybody. Um, and I'm, I'm more than confident that as the season progresses, we're only going to get stronger. Um, the girls will gain from experience, take from every game and experience and, m and move it on to the next game. Our, our players will return from injury. Our experienced players will be back and we'll be a different prospect uh, going into the new year and we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, so hopeful going into the new year.
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Really positive going into the new year. Paul Burling, Cambridge City manager, giving his thoughts on the season so far. His team are in the relegation zone on goal difference at the moment, uh, but they play again on the 7th of uh, January against Actonians and Cambridge United in the top half of the table actually as well they're fifth out of 12 at the moment uh, 18 points they've already bettered last season's points tally which is quite something actually so before we go we're going to have a quick run through the schedule let you know what's coming up on Cambridge 105 radio later on today Strummers and Dreamers is on between two and four with Les Ray with his folk music old and new along with news of what's happening on the folk scene in Cambridge we've got jazz today after that with Pete Butchers that's between uh, four and five uh, new releases from pianists Andrea Keller and Espen Erickson and saxophonist Andrew Shepherd or Andy Shepherd as he goes by as his name usually goes by guitarist John Schofield and vocalist Elena Juni and jazz gigs of course coming up in and around Cambridge are included in his show he'll tell you where you can go listen to some jazz uh, Polish Waves follows between five and six A Christmas Carol is on between six and seven it's adapted by Dr Sean Lang for Cambridge 105 Radio about the Dickens classic story of redemption we're one that we all know off by heart I'm sure Christmas songs from the Gaelic world follows between seven and eight the Scar and B show is on between eight and nine stagger on between nine and ten opus 105 10 till 11 30 an extended edition of that then midnight mass follows between 11 30 going into christmas day and the early hours and if you want to listen to more great radio on cambridge 105 radio linda and matthew get christmas day underway between eight and nine in the morning then julian's on with a cambridge christmas or christmas cambridge i should say uh, between nine and eleven lucy meets the mayor and the full detail is follows after that sorry and the full details can be found on our website cambridge105.co.uk forward slash schedule just about time to say our goodbye so goodbye from me and happy christmas yeah merry christmas everybody yes thank you for having me yeah merry christmas all goodbye yeah very much indeed have a great christmas whatever you're doing uh make sure you get to to bed early because a certain man's coming tonight (laughs) (laughs) merry christmas to you all back on new year's eve bye-bye